give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, sit down and investigate movies to decide whether or not they are hot trash. Joe, what are we doing for the next three episodes? So we're in the process of innovating, recreating what is Hot Trash Unlimited. What can it become? How can we keep ourselves invested? How can Caleb not be burnt out? <laughs> And we decide, uh, let's let's revisit some stuff. Let's let's get some themes going on and see if that can get the creative juices flowing. So the next three episodes are going to be a little series of live action anime American adaptions. Yes, specifically American, because there are one or two that I wanted to do. But because they're Japanese, you thought it would be more funny the lost in translation aspect of these we're looking at. Yeah, because for the most part, the Japanese ones are the ones I've seen. They're faithful. It's just a thing of like anime doesn't work in live action. Yeah, yeah. it gets funnier when you're having to also localize it. I guess there's not much you could say about a bad version of like Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, that we couldn't say without just talking about what that stars of Sandarune or whatever that. Oh, Sacred Star of Milos. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's a lot we can talk about about Alex Wingard's Adam Wingard, Adam Wingard's Death Note. The human whose name is written in snow shall die. Shall we begin? <laughs> You're a death god. Yes. What exactly can I do with this death note? Put your name down and see what happens. So this movie, like a lot of these movies I'm sure we're going to talk about, how long were they in development hell? This one, I remember being in development hell for so long. I remember making our pre-movie predictions on your channel, like, gosh, what, 10 years ago? <laughs> Welcome to Movie Madness Podcast, and we're going to be talking about the possible Death Note movie that's coming out. Yay, Death Note. Yeah, I mean, we were in, like, middle school when... We watched it. Yeah. And, and only a couple of years out from like when it had originally aired too. Yeah. Which I think middle school, perfect age for death note. Uh, we can get into our opinions on the actual anime, mm -hmm. something that I'll be able to do for at least one of these other ones. Yeah. But it was one of those things where uh, theoretically it would be such an easy thing to adapt because it isn't like your Dragon Balls or your... Help me out here, Joe. Attack on Titans, your Bleach, your Naruto. Yeah. These... There hasn't been a Naruto one yet. Oh, I bet there will be soon. <laughs> these more like fantastical yeah. ones. You said it best when we were sitting down. That's not really is just like a cop procedural. Yeah. With like a lot of supernatural elements. Yeah. With like one spooky thing about it. Yeah. And then they decided to turn it into, for some reason, and that whole process of Zach Efron's going to play it. Shane Black's like going to direct it. This whole process then turned into, let's make it an 80s coming of age comedy. That's also Final Destination movie. Yeah. That's also trying to be Death Note. There's a whole mixed bag of stuff in this. But I think it's key to say, 
before we dive into like specifics, this is not a bad movie because it's not like Death Note. This is just a bad movie. <laughs> I see you reread your old review <laughs> right beforehand. I mean, I did go back to it uh-huh. to see if like just see what I thought back then. Um, because when we started watching the first 10 minutes of this, I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny and fun. Like, I, I'm going to enjoy this. Nope. Just like me in 2017, uh, this gets boring real quick. Real quick. But let's establish our groundwork. How did you get introduced to Death Note? Also, what is Death Note for people okay, yeah. unaware? The original Death Note is the story of this young high school savant, Light Yagami. He's a genius, but he's bored because he's so much smarter than everyone. Like nothing can really satisfy him. Then all of a sudden, magical notebook falls out of the sky, picks it up. It's called the Death Note. You write someone's name in it. They die. It's been dropped by a death god named Ryuk. He is also bored because the death realm is pretty boring. So he comes to um, the human world to cause some mischief, just see what what, what could happen if he gave this uh, tool to a human. It becomes a game of cat and mouse. There's uh, Light's antagonist is a a super detective named L and the show really just devolves into a a game of cat and mouse from that point on where they're both in each other's heads constantly trying to figure out what their plan's going to be if they can figure out who each other really is so uh, L can either bring light to justice or light can kill L and then eventually there's more and more that goes on until it ends pretty simple like plot all things considered. Lots of complications within, but... Yeah, you know, a lot the, the devil's in the details for all that stuff. I'm trying to remember how I was introduced to it. I know, I think what it was, was this was considered Shonen Jump's advanced line in America because it is, you know, a little bit darker than other stuff. Um, and I think they printed the first issue or two in the back of one of their magazines when they were still printing that monthly. And I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. And I bought it all. I had to hound you for quite a while before I finally got you interested in it. Well, I didn't like anime because the anime I had seen was yeah it was your dragon balls your naruto's just stuff you're not into yeah and also just i think very abrasive if you're not Mm -hmm. used to that kind of stuff death note was a great end for me in that regard because it does have some very anime moments like the tennis match scene but besides the fact that there are death gods in a notebook that can kill people and super detectives the story is like very believable they do a really good job of like grounding the story Oh, yeah. And they do a real good job of keeping you guessing. Nothing's terribly out of the realm of this is extremely unrealistic or like it's, you know, stretching your belief on what could happen. But there's also a death god in it. So it makes sense. But it's also very I'm 15 and this is deep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not even in like a bad way. Just like I feel like Death Note is something you grow out of. Yeah, I think it's still good. I've I've gone back and reread certain parts. I need to do like a full reread or a full rewatch and see how well it really holds up. But I've been rereading the author and audit artist later work. And yeah, while it has its flaws that you recognize as an adult, it's still a really gripping story. So I'm like, Death Note probably holds up from just like an entertainment perspective alone. I have intentionally not gone back to it because I feel like I would enjoy it less than I did. So like a lot of this is just me going off of instinct when I say that. Mm -hmm. And there's also something to be said that just because you've grown out of something doesn't mean it's poorly made. This This on the other hand. This movie is poorly made. So Joe gave you the rundown of the anime. Let me give you the rundown of the movie. Light Turner (laughs) is a guy we are supposed to think he's smart because he can ace homework. Great. Good job, Light. He one day gets the death note not really explained why same circumstances it just falls from the sky very wisely i think they don't go into all the backstory of ryuk in this and there's a bully he writes his name in the death note the bully dies he goes home 
He's like, oh, my mom was killed by a criminal who wasn't put in jail. Writes that person's name in, he dies. Between this and his lust for goth chick Mia, who's a psychopath and just wants people to die, he's like, I'm going to start bringing justice to the world by killing off criminals, um, mainly because it will impress and seduce Mia mm-hmm. if I tell her that. And the story escalates from there. His father gets involved with the investigation along with Elle, played by Lakeith Stanfield. It ends with kind of this uh, tug of war between Light and Mia over who's going to control the Death Note because Mia is much more extreme in how she wants to use it. And it ends with Light kind of working all the strings of and stretching the believability. They try to make Light into the genius puppet master. In the last five minutes. To get Mia to die and to get him unsuspected. And it ends with L kind of knows everything that's going on. And he has the choice whether or not to kill Light by writing his name in the death note. But we don't know how it ends. Because Willem Dafoe's just like, humans are so interesting. Which is, is a line from the show. Um, so it's a great adaption because they got that line down, I think. There are no potato chips. So like... Can it be that good? Or tennis match. I would say that the approach to doing like a Final Destination meets 80s throwback high school movie is a really bonkers idea <laughs> that I wish they leaned into more. So from the start, before before you realize it's going to be an 80s high school mu- movie, it is a Final Destination movie for a couple minutes. And you I'm get like, two very fun sequences of that. I think you get three. The killing montage is yes, pretty fun. Yes, yes. Guy's yeah. head explodes for like some reason. Doesn't matter. Which I think you, you can't adapt these stories into two-hour movies this is an hour 40 so you definitely can't adapt the whole thing so make it a schlock fest i'm fine with that adding in the romance and kind of sidelining the game of cat and mouse really really puts a spin on it well there are a couple big problems with this that are enhanced if you are aware of the anime but i do not think hinge on knowing the anime yeah biggest problem is that light and mia have no character (laughs) mia especially i think the biggest problem is light's not smart and you want and they really want you to think he is because he's getting away with all well, this. Well, like, he's high school smart, but, like, so what? Yeah. I was high school smart. I couldn't pull off the death note. Yeah, it like... doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> and then Mia, yeah, does not have any character. She just comes in and is this force of nature. We gotta kill everyone. At least we know that Light has a vendetta against criminals because his mom died. Mia? She's crazy. <laughs> There's nothing. She's crazy. Bold choice to adapt, like, the vapid airhead of the anime into like the true mastermind yeah it's really hard to even say this is an adaptation of that character i mean her misa tamia they just took a letter out like i know what they were trying to do why the heck is light's name light so that he has the same name that's the reason it, his dad seems like jim turner another problem is that it quickly loses its goofy tone in the middle. Yeah. There's still some jokes and I think they're leaning on L uh, to be like quirky. But quirky isn't goofy. No. Elle's, Elle's quirk. It's a weird adaption for Elle. They nail his mannerisms. Like he Stanfield strikes me as he's like, oh, I watched this show. <laughs> like he strikes me as he kind of knew what he was getting into. But then they have him going around with just like a balaclava on <laughs> the entire time. Well, like Lakeith Stanfield succeeds at bizarre characters. Yeah. Darius on uh Atlanta. on Atlanta, of course, is his big role. But Cassius and Sorry to Bother You also kind of plays into that. Even he has a small role in Get Out. The thing is, like, he's being mind controlled and all that. So his goofiness and, like, kind of oddness can play into that dynamic. Here, though... He's such a serious character. Yeah. And they're really leaning into, like, he was a a child who's raised to be the perfect detective. That's, like, maybe 
0.2% of what the anime is about. Yeah. It's just background like flavor text. Yeah, it's flavor text you really don't need. It's flavor text they put in just so they can have the whole Watari uh, side mission. Going into it and trying to draw it out, which is, I think, what they're doing with this character. They're trying to draw out his childishness and the fact that he was stunted emotionally, but very intellectually good, which I also don't buy. I don't think he's smart. They just tell me he's smart. (laughs) I never see it. I think that really stops the character from being anything interesting. He also interacts with Light three times. Uh Uh-huh. And none of them are interesting. Well, he, and he's also getting sidelined in the role of the antagonist. You think he's the antagonist, and then he's just gone from the third act for the most part, because Mia's the bad guy now. Yeah. He's there just as a tertiary antagonist, throwing a wrench in the plans, really. They have Mia here, so we still sympathize with Light by showing us that there can be someone worse. Mm-hmm. But we could just sympathize with Light because... He's our character we're introduced to. And because his mom got killed by a criminal. like, Well, just like, it's interesting to see what happens, right? Yeah. Like, I would read... You're a along sh- for the ride. I'd read a Sherlock Holmes story that focused solely on Moriarty. Yeah. Because that's an interesting dynamic. Same with this. Hannibal, like... Yeah, Hannibal. People are fine following Walter villains. White, yeah. right? And especially if you turn it into, like, a thing where you see him descend, mm-hmm. which you don't hear. It's the problem of trying to tell these, like, drawn-out stories and compress it into an hour 40. I don't think this was ever going to succeed if they were trying to do the whole story. I think if it relied less on, like, these people are smart, and you really lean into, these are two dumb teenagers who think they can get away with it. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, at the end, it ends with this ridiculous set piece on a Ferris wheel, and Mia's falling to her death, and it's playing this, like, tonally dissident song. Okay. <laughs> that he song, gets when it. it kicks in, is so funny. He gets it. I think, is it Alex Wolf? Adam Wingard, or Nat Wolf. Nat Wolf. I forget which Wolf brother it was. I think he gets it. Because whenever he goes high-pitched, it's hilarious. <laughs> Scream when Ryuk first shows up. I think everyone but the script writer got that this was supposed to be stupid. I was going to say, these performances aren't aren't bad. Misrepresentations, sure. For their own thing. For their own thing, really not bad. Adam Wingard, I don't think he's like phoning this in either or like like there's some decent shots there's like artistic integrity behind like how this is made i can make aesthetic gripes with like how desaturated this all is but in terms of like how he's shooting this he has a goal he's going for yeah he has a vision it's more music video than film but you know what let's go for it. i think it is purely like a script and screenwriting problem where he got handed something He's like, oh, I got to try to make this work. And I think when he could, because like that song coming in, that wouldn't have been in the script. Yeah. Right. Like light yelling all the time, screaming at the top of his lungs wouldn't be in the script. Mm -hmm. Let me see who actually wrote this. It's got okay. It's got a few different uh, a few different screenwriters on here. I mean, you would think so. This movie was in development hell for like eleven years. I w- I'm assuming the script got tossed around a lot. And it looks like a lot of people who have done a lot of different Netflix projects, like Blood of Zeus and Umbrella Academy and all that stuff. Which you know, some of that can be fine, sure. But like, it looks like these are probably people who just got the script handed to them, and they're like, "Oh, cool, a job." Yeah. No, like, real artistic vision behind it. No. Oh, I like the series. Let's see what I can do with it. It's bizarre. I think it's the perfect movie to kind of start out this trilogy that we're going to have going on. Yeah, their thoughts on it? You can probably, like, compare this to the Halo movie or the Halo TV show going on at the time of recording. Like, yeah, if you're a fan of this, it probably isn't good. If you're not a fan, if you're not a fan of it, it still isn't good. It's just a boring movie, TV show. It's it's a skin of the thing you like. Is there anything that works about it? Oh, Willem Dafoe's great in this. 
Yeah, he's he, a background character, but he's they did a good job. He he did a good voice performance. Uh, Ryuk is substantially creepy. It's a choice to keep him in the shadows, but like it works. Yeah, well, I think they're they're playing into the uh, you don't want to overshow yeah. your monster. Yeah. Uh, Jason Lyles is the physical performer. He also was King Ghidorah. He did the mocap oh. for King Ghidorah. <laughs> him and, and Adam I, are friends. He does a good job too. Like yeah. I think it's paired really well. I think that stuff's good. I think the cast, besides the person playing Mia, are all doing fine. Yeah, like, no, the dad's doing it's. It's just a cop role, but he's putting in the work. And Mia, I think, is more of just a script problem. Like, I don't think anyone could have saved this. Yeah, I did keep thinking, like at the beginning of it, it's like this is kind of like Zendaya in the Spider-Man <laughs> movies. I was getting Annabeth from uh the from Lightning Thief vibes. My thing is like maybe if you had gotten like someone like Zendaya, someone who has like charm. Yeah, and like Zendaya, at least because she plays a type, I kind of know what the character's deal is. Mm -hmm. So if you had gotten like an actor with a recognizable brand, maybe that would have helped the character have more personality. I don't know. But yeah, like the cast isn't terrible. It's just, man, they're working with some rough stuff here. Yeah. I also will say the show makes you feel smart because you are along for this ride and you're figuring stuff out with the characters. This makes me feel smart because the movie's just stupid. So... (laughs) So it succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) So, Joe, is this hot trash? You know, I think it it borders on the line of hot trash and bad. And ultimately, I think it's just a bad movie. I think first act and last 10 minutes are hot trash. Here's the thing. I I think a good hot trash movie is something you can turn on by yourself and have just a blast with. I think this is a good group hot trash movie. Where you're getting together, you got you got you got drinks and some popcorn, and it's like a movie roast night. And this movie is a joy. To watch in that sense. Ultimately, I think it's bad, but you know, it could it could start a fire if it wanted to. It yeah, could, it, it could be it could be the it could be the kindling to a much bigger hot trash. There's a little potential here. I feel like Wingard wanted to do more. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted it to be more hot and more trash. Yeah, I will say I was very entertained. We watched this with your girlfriend Sarah. At one point, she just goes, "Wait, how do they know that lights the killer?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Exactly." <laughs> like, yes, yes, very well stated. <laughs> How do you know any of this, Light or L? Because the script demands it. Honestly, because Light's an idiot. So thank y'all for joining us on this, our first of three anime to America translations. Hey, Joe, do you want to reveal what we're watching next? Do you want me to reveal what we're watching next? Yeah, but I don't think we've decided. So you get to decide what's going to be our second one. Go, Speed, go! That's right. We're going to watch Speed Racer. You've seen it before. Many, many years ago. When it came out on DVD, so probably 09. Yeah. I seen it before and it gave me a headache, so I didn't exactly like it. It's Um, it's headache inducing, that's for sure. But I know a lot of people who I respect their opinions who hold this up as a great movie. So this is the perfect adaption of the TV show. I will leave it at that. Which I actually have watched part of the TV show since since watching this last. So y'all can join us next time for Speed Racer. You can do that by subscribing to us. Wherever you get our podcasts, you can also rate and review us five stars if you want other people to join in on the Hot Trash Fun. And you can email email us at hottrashunlimited at gmail.com. You sure can. Bye. Here he comes, here comes Speed Racer. He's a demon on wheel. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. Hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe. Podcasts are so interesting.